and welcome back to Jacques Talks. I'm your host, Jacques, and we've been on a break, a couple, couple week break. We're back here. I know I was on a roll there, three weeks in a row. We're back into it. I've just been pretty busy the last couple weeks, wasn't able to sit down and do this episode, um, but we're here today, and I'm excited to finish where we left off in our last show. Uh, we'll probably just get jumping right into it because I don't want to make sure that this is, or I want to make sure that this isn't a two-hour episode like last week. I've got a lot to get to, and there isn't really much to catch up on uh, in my life. Just been busy with the normal stuff, work and friends and uh, everything in between, but uh, another big thing that kind of took up a lot of my time last week that I usually set, I don't want to say set aside, but usually have in the week to do my podcast is my birthday is actually in a couple weeks. My birthday party is going to be in a week, the next weekend, so not in like two days, but the following weekend. And I'm throwing like a fun March Madness type birthday. It's going to be like a, a game show for all of my friends to compete in. So I have a lot of prep work for that. I can't spoil any of it in case anyone listens to this. So we will leave that for the show after my birthday where we'll, you know, reveal everything that happened. Of course, we'll have to go through uh, the entirety of the competition, who won, who lost in heartbreaking defeat and everything. But I have been putting some some free time work into preparing that party. Believe it or not, it's not as simple as buy the cake, put up the streamers. There's a little bit of scheming going on. So excited to talk about that after that happens. But in general, also just excited for my birthday. The big two five already kind of talked about it on the show, but just uh, living in my last last days of being 24 and enjoying that to the best that I can. So, but we had some time this week, uh, time to sit down and uh, finish up once again where I left off last week with all the marching band stuff. So that's where we're going to be continuing today. I pretty much covered most of my high school stuff. And when I say most of, I mean like half of it because we only talked about the summer marching band stuff, but that was kind of the big meat of my high school experience with marching band. Just for the record, if you didn't listen to last week's show, you should probably go do that because there's not really spoilers or anything, but a lot of what I'm going to be talking about won't make as much sense. But also if you kind of just got through maybe half of last week's episode because it was boring, it was kind of long. Uh, last week was definitely a, a big episode for me to kind of get through and document everything because a lot of that score stuff and what what I did each year, that's the kind of stuff I'm going to forget after a number of years and stuff I'd like to have kind of in the show and record for me. So I'm sorry last week's episode was pretty long, but if you got through some of it, if you got through all of it, that's great. Thank you for listening. If you didn't get through any of it, that's fine too. Feel free to stick around. It's not like uh, we're not really picking up after three years and now you need to know what happened in those three years this is all stuff that i'm going to be talking about is with stuff going on at the same time more or less and after so you are a-okay but anyways let's let's just jump into it let's give a quick recap so pretty much last week what i talked about was my experience doing summer marching band now in minnesota summer marching band is very different than pretty much everywhere else in the country so most other marching bands they do marching band in the fall same time as the football season it's the same with college marching band so you do half times at football games and there's different competitions on the weekends and stuff but it's all during the fall it's all done by the school now in minnesota we do this special thing called street marching band or street performancing performancing. I can't, <laughs> that's not a word. So, 
no, we do like street performances. So it's pretty much the same thing that you kind of visualize when you think of High School March Band, the, the big, more theatric, fancy, classical music played during halftime at a, a marching band show. But we do it on a street in a parade just for the length of like 100 yards of a concrete street. So very unique, very interesting. I did that for six years. That's the kind of unique thing about Minnesota. That's the unique March Man experience I had. Of course, we we talked about that in length. But at the same time, I also did two other groups while I was in high school. And those were a drumline, an indoor drumline, and an indoor hornline. Or it was also referred to as winds, W-I-N-D-S. I don't know how that com- <laughs> comes across when I speak it. Because I, I think it's like my accent or whatever. I say it like the word winds, like W-I-N-S. So I'm sorry if there's confusion there, but I'm talking about winter winds, okay? Uh, I probably just made it 10 times more confusing, but uh, I hate the way I pronounce that word into a microphone. So I just had to, <laughs> I guess, try to clear it up. But anyways, basically how it works in, in general for most marching band programs or most most high school band programs is during the fall you have that outdoor marching band on a football field and during the winter you do it in a gym now the problem with the gym is it's way way smaller and it's really hard imagine like a whole hundred person marching band in a gym it's gonna be loud as hell so what they do is they break up the groups during winter for separate winter competitions so there's winter drumline there's winter color guard which is the the flags and the batons and I guess usually not batons but rifles and sabers and stuff like that but more like dance and body movement but it's more articulate I don't know how to put it it's not it's definitely not like cheer it's the same thing they they uh, perform to uh, a piece of music usually or a couple pieces of music and that's kind of its whole other thing that I didn't have personal experience with so we're not going to talk about that but what I did is I did the drumline and then we'll we'll get to the hornline stuff, but we'll start with the drumline. So basically, in the winter, it used to just be the drumline and the color guard, and they would split off and do their thing. So when I got to high school level, I kind of wanted to keep doing more and more band stuff. And a lot of my friends in the drumline did this winter drumline stuff. Now, maybe there's a good aside to be had here. When I keep saying drumline. I think... A lot of people, when I say drumline, they picture the Nick Cannon movie drumline. Now, that has to do with the drumline of a marching band at, I think, like an HBCU. And that's kind of its own thing. That movie's fun. We laugh about it and stuff. But that actually has nothing to do with what I'm going to be talking about as well, just also for the record. So basically what it is is you're in a gym. You have a giant floor mat that's painted kind of in the theme of your show. And then you perform about a six ish i think it's like five six minute show and you have the the battery which is what most people think of when they think of drumline so like the snare drums the bass drums the quads the cymbals you know those are the typical drumline instruments that people think of but also in winter drumline is the pit or the front ensemble so that's the marimbas the xylophones the vibraphones usually there's like an electric guitar there's a piano there's a drum set there's different stuff to add accents and more like melodic things on top of the battery so the frontline and pit is also included in most fall marching bands and professional marching bands and stuff but it's not included in like street marching bands so we never had that kind of stuff when i performed in the street marching band competition so when it was time for me to say hey i'd like to try drumline 
uh, it kind of made sense for me to join the front line because I'm better at seeing notes and playing notes. So I wanted to do something like marimba or the vibraphone, or most people think of xylophone as just all of them. There's actually a bunch like marimba, vibraphone, xylophone, glockenspiel. Those are all keyboard instruments. It's just the different type of material that uh, the mallet instrument is hitting. So I'm probably doing a terrible job of explaining this all. I'm trying to just give a quick recap because I know people don't <laughs> maybe care as much about the percussion instruments. But anyway, so I decided to join the front line because I wanted to learn one of those instruments versus trying to pick up like snare drum, bass drum, especially because a lot of those positions are already filled by our drumline members who do it during the summer. So I didn't really want to compete with them and then also do something different in the summer. I just kind of wanted a standalone thing if I were to do drumline. And my friends convinced me, like I said, I wanted to do something in the winter as well. So my first year in drumline, I played vibraphone, which is, it's a metal xylophone. Xylophone is like, it's wooden, but it's really high-pitched wood. That's, I mean, the notes they make are high-pitched. The marimba is also wood, but it's much deeper and richer sounding. But the vibraphone is made out of metal. The glockenspiel is also made out of metal. The glock and the xylophone are the ones that like everyone knows. The vibraphone and the marimba are the ones that are lesser known, but they're more warm sounding, the more like actual sound like music and not high pitched notes being played, I guess. So I played the vibraphone and that's commonly, I guess the easier of the two to learn and play. So it's usually pretty common for your first year. If you join the front line is you play vibraphone. Because the harder thing about the vibraphone is there's a pedal to when you hit the metal bar of the keyboard, it will ring if you push the pedal down. So it's kind of like an organ. If you know how an organ works, when you press the keys, the note will sustain if you have the pedal down. So it's the same thing. So there's a lot of difficulty with knowing when to have the pedal down, when to have it up so the notes aren't sustained and they're more staccato. That was kind of challenging, but definitely something really cool that I got to experience learning. It's a lot of fun playing with a mallet, learning a whole new technique, learning how to play on a keyboard instead of playing a brass instrument. Very, very fun, very unique experience. And to kind of wrap things up, I, I, I said this last week. So the title of this, of course, is 10 times state champion. So you're wondering, okay, Jacques, like how does this work, right? You only won four state championships in the summer of March, man, where the other six come from. So the first of those came from my first year in drumline. We won our class in state in winter drumline, and it was a very big deal, very fun. Our show was called Flight, which was, uh, it was like essentially just about birds. Like drumline, it's a lot harder to express a theme or express a, a show because you don't have those dancers doing, I shouldn't say dancers, you don't have the color guard expressing and emoting as much. You have to do that as the drumline. So you can watch the, the videos of our drumline show. It's kind of funny watching me do like, flapping my hands like they're bird wings and stuff it's it's silly but that was a fun show uh very like i said unique experience something did something I, i'd never done before and so after we won it was all very exciting i decided i wanted to keep doing it so i did it a second year and my second year was just as successful i actually moved to marimba in my second year which was also a very very different and interesting experience Marimba, very, very hard to play. I definitely, even by the end of the year, kind of still sucked. I wouldn't say I sucked, but we're going to listen to a clip from the show from my second year. And if you listen really closely, we're, uh, it's not the, the best drum line you've ever heard. But it, it was a really fun experience and definitely one I'm you know grateful I decided to do 
Drumline for. Met a lot of uh, really good friends at the time, and it was it was always fun putting together a show and doing something that was out of my comfort zone and actually was pushing me in a different way that I'd never been pushed before. And, you know, there's a lot of really interesting things you don't realize about these mallet instruments or percussion in general. Like we were doing stuff that I had four mallets in my hand. So you have two mallets in each hand playing like chords on the marimba with four notes, you know, and just visualize like putting two mallets in each hand and playing individual notes with each ones and then sometimes playing fast parts. And then uh, it's like something you kind of just have to see to understand. And the big thing here is I'm going to play probably less clips today than I did last week. I think actually I only played two clips last week, but I think on the docket today is also two clips, but the the winter stuff is way more visual. There's more actual seeing what is going on than hearing it. It's, you know, it's drumline or it's uh, when we get to the horn line stuff, it's in a gym. So it's a little less playing in a gym is way less audio conducive than playing outside, I would say. So the, it just doesn't sound as good. And uh, anyways, I'm just kind of rambling on right now. Our show my second year was Into the North, which was an interesting show concept. It was a, the kind of concept we were going for is we were like a frozen people and then we slowly melt and then it's hard to kind of paint an, a storyline to it. It's kind of more just the theme of being in the North and in the frozen cold and, you know, that's kind of the whole concept. So our, our music kind of conveyed that message and same with you know, the, we had a giant compass pointing north as our floor, and we had some, like, icicle props in the back and stuff like that. So very fun show, very great time. And we actually went to the national competition that year. Uh, very early on in the season, we actually thought we were going to do really, really well at nationals. So at nationals, there's three rounds of competition. There's the prelims or preliminary competition. It's kind of just like the qualifying round. And then there's semifinals and finals. And so semifinals, only the top, I think it was like 20-something groups make it. And then only the top 12 groups get to compete at finals. So very early on in the season, we had one of the very early regional competitions that we performed at. It was in, I think it was technically labeled as Minneapolis, but it was technically at Irondale High School or something like that. So we got a really good score at that regional competition. And it ranked us pretty high nationally. And we were like, oh, shoot, like we're going to be top 12 in the country and get to perform at finals because performing at finals was a big deal because for the class we were in, which was class a, so there's class a open class, and then there's world class. And so we were competing in a, and so the thing with class a is you only got to perform in UD arena, which is like the cream of the crop, best arena to perform in at nationals if you made finals. So that was kind of a big deal to all of us. Like we wanted to make finals, but over the course of the year, ultimately our show really, I don't think got to the point where Maybe we could have gotten, I think we really did kind of hit our potential, but um, it just wasn't as good as 12 other groups. We, we made semifinals. We, we had two really good performances, um, but we didn't make it to finals that year. So a little bit of a bummer, but it still all around was a really great time. I mean, we per, I think we placed, I want to say like 18th or 19th nationally. I think I should have looked that up actually, but we, we were not top 12 that year, which was kind of a bummer. It was, I think we were late teens. So we just missed the cut for nationals, but overall great show, great experience. Same as before. Very interesting learning a new instrument. You would think it's very similar between a vibraphone to a marimba, but there's so many different stuff. Obviously you don't have to worry about the pedal anymore, but there's a lot more moving notes and a lot more of the four mallets, like I was kind of describing. So Anyways, I did want to play a snippet from one of those shows. We're going to play a snippet from the 
the second of the two shows, my sophomore year of high school is from Into the North. So I'm going to play the show or the part of the show, which is our ballad. And usually for the drumline, the ballad is just performed by the pit instruments because it's really hard for the very snare drums that like tick, 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 drums to like play like a very soothing and melodic piece. So usually it's just the front line who does that portion. So obviously respect to the, the battery, respect to the rest of the drum line, but this is the part that kind of featured the group, the part of the group I was in. So I thought I'd just play a bit for you so you kind of get maybe an idea of what the drum line sounded like or what, what kind of I was involved in there. So let me just play a bit for you. Again, I'll, I'll preface this too. I'm once again, just kind of yapping and uh, <laughs> filling in the space for not a whole ton to talk about with the drumline stuff. But I, I said this already, we don't sound like spectacular, amazing, world-class drumline group. Obviously we were <laughs> high school kids and, you know, putting on a production. So take that for what it is. I, I'm just saying, I'm, I'm not promising a the, the best music you've ever heard here, but uh, this is just a snippet from our drumline show that winter. So let's uh, give it a listen. After hearing that you can kind of hear the vibraphones most prominently there they're the the bum 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 like more of a chimey sounding uh notes that that's the vibraphone so that's what i played in my first year the more of da -da 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 -da, that stuff underneath is the marimba so that's what i was playing in that show so once again the drumline stuff way cooler to like actually just watch the video and kind of see the visualize the how the battery is moving behind and the different stuff we're doing while we're playing makes it a lot more complicated uh than just us sitting in a room playing notes and stuff so it's very very cool very very interesting type performances so another really interesting thing about i don't know why i said it like that but a big thing is the performance right i've kind of been describing that but we're supposed to be staring up into the audience the whole time while we're playing i was not used to that i did i don't know how to play marimba before this season, right? So it's a really tough battle between watching what you're playing, like really fast notes, and also looking up and going back and forth and trying to... The goal is to like engage with the crowd and engage with the judges and stuff like that. So And engage with each other. Like it's a, a group performance. We're really supposed to build off of each other's energy while we're playing and playing the notes at the same volume and stuff like that. So watching each other, watching the crowd. I have to watch what I'm playing because I get lost if I don't, so very complicated, very, very interesting everything. I don't know. I'm using the same words over and over again. I'm sorry I'm not uh, chat GPT and I'm not very descriptive here. But uh, anyways, yeah, I did that for two years. I wanted to keep doing it, but unfortunately that's where it stopped. Oh, by the way, we did win state championships my sophomore year as well. So there, there's two more of the championships. We're up to six. 
and yeah, it was a big time. I wanted to do it again for the third year, of course, and the fourth year, but my junior year, it became too hard to do drumline because I was also doing the winter horn line. So let's go ahead and backtrack all the way back to freshman year where this whole drumline conversation started. So when I started and I, I wanted to do drumline, kind of out of the woodworks came Mike. If you remember from last week, he was the instructor of the marching band for a number of years. For a couple of years, he worked with Tom as like co-heads of the marching band. And then he took over as full head of the marching band. But one vision of his for a long, long time, ever since he was, you know, around my age now in his 20s or so, he was in a minority of people who kind of started to envision and picture and desire a winter competition for the brass players and for the woodwind players, the people who are in, you know, the marching bands, do band, but aren't in drumline, aren't in color guard. Because a lot of times during the winter, they would do what I did and just kind of pick up percussion instruments and learn for the winter and compete in the winter, but then they'd go back to what they normally played during the summer or the fall, say. Mike envisioned a very much similar to a fall marching band in a gym, so winter horn line, winter winds, but no drum line and no color guard, so same kind of idea, it's just the band. It's hard to say the band because you can't have the band without the drum line, but that's how it was, so he finally was to the point where he was the head of a high school marching band. He was the head of, uh, you know, the whole shindig. So he said, why not us just give it a try for a year? Let's see if we can get this ball rolling because it had never been done before. It's It wasn't a thing anywhere. And I kind of hinted at this last week too when I was talking about it very briefly, but we were actually the first high school group in the country to start a winter horn line group. We, the, my freshman year, we did it with like no funding. We did it with no nothing to build off of, no other schools doing it, no kind of no rules pretty much because there was no nationals. There was no nothing like that for our competition. So basically I was like, sure, I'll do it. That sounds like fun. I want to be a part of this first ever group. But because it was kind of in its infancy, we didn't really have funding. We didn't even have a floor. We, we did my freshman year show just on the gym floor. We didn't have a tarp that we put out or, or anything like that. So... Like, we didn't have cool uniforms to, like, every drumline show, you get new uniforms every year, a lot of groups. So it, the uniforms fit what your show is. That's, that's like, what happens, right? Whereas fall marching man, summer marching man, those, you have the same uni uniform pretty much every single year, except for the color guard. The color guard is who changes for the theme. But in the winter, you would do different ones. Now, like I said, we had, no, we had none of that stuff for the first year of uh, winter horn line. So it was okay that we did drumline and hornline because pretty much as long as we had practices different nights we would just do i had winter hornline practice on like mondays and wednesday wednesdays and drumline was tuesdays and thursdays so big con time commitment to do both but i think there was like eight or nine of us who did do both and wanted to do both so our first year of that was the show awakening aptly named of awakening the activity awakening this new program awakening this new everything and for the whole country quite frankly we i think there was a handful of other groups internationally who were doing something similar in i think china and japan but like i said we were the first ever high school group to do this so kind of a big deal it will not our, our names will not go down in the history books but it, it is accurate you can look it up when the first ever uh wgi competitions were for winter horn line and stuff like that winter winds and all of that stuff was in i believe 
it would have been 2015. And our group started in 2014. You can check the videos. You can check the YouTube clips. Okay. I promise you. Anyways, our show is called Awakening. And we kind of sucked. I'm going to be honest. I'm not playing any clips from that show. It was it was really rough. It was really... It's so different. If, you, if you've never played an instrument before, it's so different playing in a gym versus in uh, a concert hall versus outside because the acoustics are so different. And not only that, we're playing while moving around. So that's also a, a completely different factor. We have no drum line to keep tempo for us. Like it, it's just totally, totally different. The first ever attempt doing it. I mean, it was good. It was fun. It's it's it, it ended up being a cool show. We played some really cool pieces. At the end of the day, it, it kind of was just a messy show. And at the time, this was right when I was switching from trombone to baritone, and I like didn't have the arm strength to hold the baritone either. So it was kind of a mess on that front too. And, and I was also juggling learning a drumline show at the same time. So and, and so were a lot of others. So at the end of the day, the show wasn't that amazing it wasn't spectacular it if there was national competitions we would not have competed well but it still was a good first season it i mean we got the ball rolling nationally there's a group doing it so our second year we had i don't want to use the phrase got more funding but i think you know our organization bought more into it like this is a real product and it's gonna start going somewhere mike was pushing for it so so hard so the next year we did another show uh, our show is called The Road Not Taken, so it's based off of the the Frost poem. And so to start the show, one of the members of our group actually read the poem while we did some body movement stuff, and then we played music on top of that. So that was a really fun show, really memorable for me. We did get special uniforms for that show. We had a, a, a special floor for that. We had like a giant grass floor. Uh, we made you know two paths, uh, two roads diverged in yellow wood. However it goes, I don't even remember it, but... And we actually did have a drum that year. We had one bass drum that we used for part of the show, kind of for effect. But that was another, I don't want to say it was a bad show, but it, it's still, if you if you go back and listen to it, it's really interesting and a very creative medium of doing band, marching band, whatever. But it it just doesn't, the product, we all kind of knew it. You know, it was, it was good and it was really cool for us to go out and ex- express ourselves and like do a show like that. But... It, it, we were still kind of getting the ball rolling. I mean, and we were high schoolers. A lot of the people in our group were seventh, eighth, ninth grade, like still just kind of learning the instrument. So I don't, I'm going to walk back kind of what I've been saying a little bit in the last couple shows I've talked about. I don't want to downplay our shows. I, I think I get very self-conscious about showing someone or explaining to someone like, oh, this is a really cool show I did. And then it's like high schoolers playing instruments. So it, it's not professional. And that's just the fact of the matter. But I shouldn't downplay. I I do. I'm almost apologizing on behalf of myself uh, for saying that the show sucked because they didn't. They were they were a lot of fun, and I think I just hold myself to a really high standard, and I'm just like admitting that I wish I could have done better. I wish I you know had put more time into some of these shows because I think I, I hold myself to that best of the best standard, but these were probably not the best of the best shows you would ever see. So, anyways. The show was a lot of fun. It was still really cool. And uh, it w- that year we had a lot of uh, seniors who were really good friends of mine. So it was kind of sad seeing that be the last time I performed with them and stuff like that. Anyways, the following year, this was when I was still doing mar- the horn line and the drum line that winter, my sophomore year. My junior year, we had finally got enough attention across the country. We finally were not the only group. And WGI... 
Winter Guard International, I believe is what that stands for, decided to have a whole division and whole competition for the wins groups. And we decided, since our drumline and color guard had been going to nationals every other year, that we should go and compete nationally as well. Like it was kind of, I don't want to say only fair, but our other groups had been doing it. And we were one of the first, we were the first group nationally to ever do it. So it's like, we want to get out there and be on the national stage as well. So because of that, we decided no one was allowed to do two groups because the competitions for drumline and hornline were suddenly conflicting. So we never wanted to put me or any of the other like eight or nine of us who were doing both groups in a position where we had to be two places at once or learning two shows we actually cared about competing nationally with at the same time. So we ended up forcing everyone to choose. So I chose to stay with the hornline. So I stopped doing drumline and I did hornline for the other two years of high school. So my junior year and senior year, I did two more shows. My junior year show, we competed nationally. Uh, very exciting. Our show was called After Midnight. It was the whole premise of the show was it was like a jazz club type show, and the music was awesome. The music was actually written by one of our band directors at the time, so it was really cool playing unique music that we kind of he he essentially wrote to the strengths of our band, and Mike made our drill the the you know our marching movements really hard. Uh, he wanted you know us to look good nationally and put out a really good product, and we had these moving walls that were part of the show and the whole kind of premise of the show was this one guy trying to find this girl he bumps into at the start of the show and he like falls in love with her and then she like runs away and so the show was him like trying to make his way through this jazz club and like find her and so we have this like red rope that comes out and makes a heart during the ballad and it's like a very emotional piece and then at the end we do this it's like once again this is the kind of stuff you really do need to almost see to understand it and i was gonna play a clip of the show i i had a solo in this show uh that i'm really proud of this show and you know my solo and stuff like that but really just playing the solo it's a jazz solo so you almost don't get the full picture without the entire performance so this is one of those things that i would like if my friends are curious uh to see it i'd, I'd love to show you or you know send the video your way uh it's a really really cool show and something that's worth me kind of actually dot discussing over the top of it and explaining how we did things instead of, I don't know, doing it in a podcast. And then you listen to some audio that is recorded in a gym. So it doesn't sound that great. I don't want to sound like I'm downplaying. The show was awesome. I love that year. We competed nationally. We ended up getting fifth. We competed in open class. So if you remember from drumline, it was the same. So there's class a open class and world class. So we competed at the second highest level which, if you ask me, was kind of a mistake because we were probably class A quality. And the problem is Mike was really obsessed with the parameters of our show because the higher in class you go, the more time you get, the more kind of different rules there are about what you can do with a show. And Mike really wanted our constraints to be the open class constraints. So we went with open class we competed well. Like I said, we got fifth. Unfortunately, it is it was out of five groups. So uh, we did get last in our class, but we were still fifth nationally. So come at us. Okay. I think we would have done better than last in our class if we had competed in A. I don't know that we would have won A class, but we still, I think, probably would have been top five or so in A as well, even though there was, I think, maybe 15 groups in A or something like that. But if you remember, 
the top 12 groups get to compete at finals in UD Arena. So lucky for us, hey, we were top five. So I, I did get to perform in the big U, UD, stands for University of Dayton, uh, the competition, national competition every year is in Ohio, believe it or not. Yeah, so we got to perform there. I got to perform a solo in front of thousands of people uh, at UD Arena. So that was a really big, awesome experience. And I wish we had that recording. Honestly, that would probably be a better recording or something to listen to on the show. So anyways, it, it was still a great year. Uh, fun, fun time. And then my senior year, we didn't compete nationally, but it was another good year. Our show was called Delirium. And our show was kind of framed around Sweeney Todd. Like that was kind of the premise of the show. We played music from Sweeney Todd. And it, it was a show about this guy and this girl. And then the guy gets killed or the girl gets killed. And then the guy goes crazy. And uh, I'm trying to like remember it all too. But that was a really fun to show too. We, we reused some of the props from the previous season. So we had like moving walls and we did, you know, different movements. And I don't know, it's, it's kind of kind of hard to explain it all but very fun time very fun season and uh it was a good one to age out on we we did like makeup and different stuff for that show so it was kind of kind of wild i had like black eye uh rings around my eyes for the show like we really went for the whole delirium atmosphere with with the performance so there's some funny pictures of me after the shows looking kind of freaky but uh <laughs> Anyways, a uh, very fun show, very exciting, and overall, all four of those seasons hold a special place in my heart. It was really cool being a part of some of the first ever groups to do it, and because we were the first ever groups to do it, uh, we were the only ones in our class all four years in Minnesota, so we were default state champions four years in a row, so there's the other four state championships. You might not count it in your book, I count it in my heart, so that's where my 10 times state champions come from, so... Very, very cool, very awesome, and something I, I definitely miss. I, I miss m being in the smaller groups and performing in uh, competitions in the winter and stuff like that. So the street marching man was a lot more kind of performing for the families at the parades and putting on a good show for our families. And, uh, you know, it's a parade. But the winter competitions was where it was definitely more like a sweaty competition, very much more of a sport type atmosphere like us versus them and that's like we're showing up and we're performing one time you get one performance per show whereas the parades you perform like five times on the parade route right so very different vibe different experience but altogether awesome time so that was kind of my whole high school band experience we had the the summer stuff we had the winter stuff but we also had one season of fall marching man for me so i also teased this quite a few times last episode so i did do one year of the professional marching band that's that's how i usually put it it's technically called drum corps it used to be called drum and bugle corps but we changed from using bugles to brass instruments so they just call it drum corps now so essentially what it is is it's exactly what you picture when you picture uh, a fall marching band for a high school except it's brass instruments only so it's only trumpets, mellophones, which is like marching French horn, essentially, baritones, which is what I played, euphoniums, which is kind of a bigger baritone, and then the contras. So that's just like a big tuba, but it's not the sousaphone. It's not the big tuba that's like a ring around the shoulder and a big, like the stereotypical like college marching band tubas. It's a, a giant uh, like upright tuba you put over your shoulder. You, you'd know it if you saw it, if you don't know what I'm talking about. But anyway, so those are the only 
like horn line instruments that are in it. And there's about, let's say, 70-ish of those brass instruments. And then you have the drum line. So it's the same thing. There's the front line pit with all the percussion instruments, all the like varying ones that you have to stand still to play. And then you also have the, the, the battery that marches around with the, the horn line. And then you have the color guard. So it's basically the same thing, just no woodwind instruments. And it's all like audition-based. It's all very, very competitive. It's very intensive. The shows are like usually 12 to 13 minutes long. Uh, so very long shows, very, very competitive competitive and that's that's kind of why it's the professionals it's all of the org they're all it's all organization run so it's essentially like the minnesota twins the minnesota vikings you know it's 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 kind of its own league so there's two different leagues i guess you could say two circuits there's drum corps international and then there's drum corps associates so drum corps international is the cream of the crop there's actually uh, a world competition every year in august uh, it's a big, big deal in the the marching community, I guess. A lot of people haven't heard of it, but it's a big deal. They actually used to air the finals performances of that on ESPN, believe it or not, until ESPN got too woke. Uh, I'm just kidding. That makes no sense. But uh, yeah, back in like the early 2000s, they would show this on ESPN. It was kind of a big deal, but they stopped doing that. I don't know why. Probably because of, you know, rights and whatever. But that's every single year, and that's like very... That, that's the most competitive. So you actually can't perform in any of those groups if you're older than the age of 22. So it's like age out. It's very restrictive. It's it's a youth competition. But if you watch the performances, you'd be like, these are professional musicians. These are not 18, 19, 20-year-olds. It's super crazy. It's super loud. The, the brass instruments, the point of it is so you can project and fill up a hole. These competitions are held in like NFL football stadiums. These aren't just like in your high school backyard, whatever. These are legit competitions, legit crazy performances. And if you've never seen one, I hope you see one someday. It's literally insane. And ever since I started doing Marching Man, I always dreamed of doing and marching in a DCI performance. Um, the big problem for me is the time commitment. You go on tour the entire summer with the group. So you audition in the winter, you get a part. And then during April, May, you actually like move into a college. Uh, and for like three weeks, you learn the show and practice and practice and practice. And every single day it's, it's band camp for like three weeks, almost a month straight. And then what you do with your group is you go and tour around the country performing for um, most of July, part of June, and up until August when the world championships are. So it's a really big time commitment. It costs money to do it. It, it might be the professionals, but you're not, you don't get paid to do it. This isn't, uh, you don't get an NFL contract to perform. So basically I, I never had the money to do it going a whole summer away meant giving up one of those summers of marching band. And so I was kind of knew if I was going to do it, I would have had to do it in college. And by the time I got to college, I was doing internship stuff. I studied abroad one summer. So it just never really worked out for me to do one of the professional groups. And I actually think there was going to be a chance for me to do it because my last year I could have done it ended up being the summer of COVID. And because of that, they gave everyone an extra year of eligibility. And I was like, oh, I'm going to do it the year after, uh, you know, the year after that and make it all work. And I, my dream could finally come true. But uh, at that point, I, I was definitely not as good of a player as I used to be. It was still a big money thing. I didn't, I still didn't have money. And I wanted to do an internship. And the internship I ended up doing 
turned into my full-time job. So it, everything worked down the end for me. But long story short, marching in this DCI group was always a dream of mine. But Drum Corps Associates DCA is kind of the sister group of DCI. So DCA is very similar. The product is the exact same, except it's quite less competitive and it's more regional. So you don't do a whole summer-long tour. Uh, you don't do extra super competitive uh, there's less groups like I i'm trying to describe it in the best way but uh the big thing though is there's no age out so anyone of any age can do it so a lot of the people who do that are people who did dci and want to keep doing it at kind of a less intense pace but still do it still learn a show and still perform so it's it's less competitive but it is still very competitive there's still a number of groups there's there's less but there's a number of groups who did it and at the time there was and still is it's it's kind of complicated now we can get into the whole history of this group or the the modern history of this group uh maybe in another time but uh, Minnesota Brass was a DCA group in Minnesota at the time when I was in high school. And there was no DCI groups in Minnesota. So basically, I kind of just had this option that, hey, if I wanted to audition for kind of a less serious group and do something that was a little bit less committal, uh, I wouldn't have to worry about moving anywhere for a summer to do a show and all this other stuff. Minnesota Brass practices on the weekends and certain weeknights. We learn our show that way over the duration of a few months, just uh, weekly, instead of chalking out three weeks to perfect a show. And then what we would do is do our regional different performances around the Midwest and then the finals competition or the... I think we also called it a world championship, even though no international groups compete in a DCA we would compete in Rochester, New York. So I decided to do that group for a year. Uh, it still definitely is more professional than the high school marching band stuff. It was very, very serious. We performed on brand new uh, amazing instruments. I actually played a euphonium when I marched in that group. So it was a bit bigger than a baritone because we decided to only do euphoniums the year I marched because of the new instruments we got. Um, the show was like 10 minutes long, very, very physically demanding. Uh, the music was probably the hardest music I ever played in my marching career. And altogether, you know, I could sit and probably do a whole show about my memories from that season and different stories from a couple of the different performances, a parade or two we did, uh, the different practices, how all that kind of stuff was like. But I, I think that's probably a boring conversation to get into. Maybe I'll talk about that, you know, completely other time when I uh, maybe get on the show with one of my buddies who, who did it with me at some point. But amazing summer. Uh, I did it my junior year of high school. So I did it at the same time that I did my, the dare to dream show, the show I had a solo in for the 720 cadets. So that summer altogether for me was very big. It was definitely the peak of my playing and performing skills was that summer. So, uh, I did, I mean, really well. I tried really hard. That was back once again, when, when I was kind of in my peak of playing. So I auditioned for Minnesota brass and ended up getting a second euphonium out of, I think there was 18 of us so uh, it was 16 or 18 of us so I, I did really good I ended up getting a, a first part and uh, yeah definitely totally different experience learning 10 minutes of drill 10 minutes of body movement and 10 minutes of really complicated music and so uh, our show was based around the kind of golden age of flying so the whole premise of the show was it was called now boarding. So the premise of the show is boarding an airplane, the airplane takes off and then there's like turbulence in the sky and things are going crazy. But then, uh, we finally 
are able to get through that and land the plane. And there's like a moment where we have cruising altitude. So we do like a funny beverage, passing the beverages around and, you know, having a good time in our seats and stuff like that. Um, but we, we had these like seat props, these benches we would make in the uh, shape of a plane. So like we would play kind of the, the passengers on the plane, but yeah, all the music we played was kind of reminiscent of flight and, I don't know, now boarding, if you could picture it. So uh, unfortunately, there's no actual recordings of that show that are good. They're all just like cell phone crappy <laughs> recordings. So I'd love to show a snippet of that show. I do have like, uh, like I said, one recording of the show I could show people uh, sometime. So that that's a really fun show. I, I have shown people that show. It's really cool. It's cool to pick me out and like you can see the actual stuff I was doing and stuff like that. So uh, altogether, very fun experience. I don't don't regret. Uh, it was a very, very packed summer for me, uh, like spring, summer and fall that year for me, but, uh, wish I could have done more. I wanted to do another season of it. So my senior year of high school, but the problem is the, the championships, uh, conflicted with my, uh, first couple weeks at college at Notre Dame. And I kind of was just like, I'm not going to jeopardize missing out on auditioning for marching band at Notre Dame and miss out on my first couple weeks of college. I don't want to miss welcome weekend and all that kind of stuff. Like that's what I cared about more. Um, so I only did the one year of the, the Minnesota brass, the quote unquote professional marching band. What I do regret is never making marching in DCI or the, the real professional group work, but I don't regret any of the stuff I did end up doing with my summers that I could have done it too. So it's definitely a bit of wish I could have, but it just didn't work out in my life and that's okay. I can still be a big fan from afar and I'm still a, a, a fan of the activity as best I can be. Obviously I don't do marching band or really band at all anymore, but I still keep up with videos and performances over the summer. And they, there's been some performances in Massachusetts the last couple of years. I've just always been busy when they're here, which is really frustrating. I was like in New York one of the weekends last year or so. Uh, but this year I'm hoping to actually get out to a show and hoping to bring some friends and actually show them in person kind of what it was like and what I actually did. So yeah, that kind of wraps up everything I did in high school. We've, we've gone through it all. You've kind of got the full picture now of the whole timeline. So basically in seventh grade, I started with the high school marching band, the summer March band in Minnesota, and then starting in freshman year of high school, that's when I started doing the drum line, the horn line, and the summer march band. So pretty much year round, I was always practicing and or performing for almost like, probably like 10 out of the 12 months in a year. And then in junior year, especially I, I added the, the professional marching band on top of it too. So that was kind of my whole journey throughout high school and was just always the activity I did and what I was passionate about. Of course, I love sports. I wish I could have done sports too. I've always been a big baseball guy, big football guy discuss that in length in the show as well. So, uh, unfortunately that was not my cards. That wasn't my, uh, my strengths. I was always just, uh, more musically gifted, I guess, than, uh, athletically gifted, if you will. Uh, it did take a lot of athletic ath athleticism to do the marching band stuff too, as, as is obvious if you, uh, ever get a chance to watch, watch the different shows I did. But anyways, we get to college now and, uh, I actually need to take a drink of water here. I'll be right back in just one sec. Okay, so college, I get to college. Uh, and if you don't know this about college marching band, it's it's similar to high school marching band, but it is solely, solely for fans. It is just there to get the crowd riled up. We're there for pep. We're there for to get the students and fans and 
the team excited. You know, as cliche and stupid as it sounds, like the football players definitely would express like thank you to the cheer, thank you to the band for setting the tone on game day for playing the school songs and getting everyone in the entire stadium to clap along and stuff like that. So we definitely just serve more of an actual purpose instead of just being a fun activity. It's definitely helps the the team helps the game. And it it goes the same for basketball games for hockey games. We did basketball band, hockey band. Uh, We would do different band events for you know, track and we, we'd have small bands to go to different events across campus that weren't specifically athletic to. We were perform for uh, different ROTC events uh, and just kind of pretty much anything that needed a little bit of music. So the Notre Dame March Band is also audition. I had to audition for that until I made the core band, which is kind of the leaders of the band. So I had to do a formal audition both my freshman and sophomore year. Uh, which was a combination of playing in a, a room in front of all the instructors by myself and doing a marching uh, routine in front of everyone, uh, all of the instructors and stuff with like a number on my back uh, so they can, you know, score me. And, you know, it's a real audition. So uh, that was a big deal. And uh, I, you know, obviously made the band. And uh, honestly, best decision I, uh, I ever made was doing the band at Notre Dame. And uh, part of the reason I did really decide I wanted to go to Notre Dame was because I wanted to go to uh, a big football school. Part of it is just because I wanted to go to a school with good sports because I like cheering on sports and stuff like that. So that was kind of a big deal to me. But also going to school where, you know, I could be a part of it, even if I'm not in, if I'm not on the football team or I'm not on a baseball team or et cetera, uh, I could actually be a part of game day and be a part of something in university and that that's what I did in high school and that's what I was passionate about so I wanted to keep doing it in college and Notre Dame kind of filled all all my needs for that so overall great experience met so many so many friends Uh, I regret nothing about it Uh, it it made college challenging at some points I'll say Uh, definitely wasn't always the easiest to have practice every single night for the entire first semester when I also have homework and projects and have to coordinate doing this or wanting to hang out with these friends and stuff like that. So I think also because Notre Dame's marching band is more play fun songs and, you know, it's not super serious. It's not competitive. It, it definitely played into allowing the band kids to be band kids. So there was kind of always to me a cloud of, Oh, the band kids and, uh, Oh, like, Oh, Jacques gone. Cause he's in band. And, you know, I, I know my my friends, they would say that and make those jokes because, I mean, it was funny and I, it was whatever. But, you know, there was assholes at Notre Dame who actually did kind of, I don't want to say think less of band kids, but I definitely I definitely felt it at different points that y- you kind of got put in a box when you, when you told people you did band and stuff because I think there's a big, like, aura of, like, the kids who were athletes were, like, a big deal. And so, like, the kids who were in band were, like, thought they were as cool. I, I don't know. There's this and that, and everyone had their own stupid little opinions sometimes. But I- I'm not saying that was part of what was hard about being a band. But, like, that definitely was a thing while on campus. But I didn't let it really get to me. And I still uh, did every single group in the band I I could. Uh, I ended up, you get like these merit awards for, you earn points for every single group you did. So I ended up getting like the best merit awards, which was like, one of them was like a pillow, a stitch pillow with like my name on it. And there was like a blanket 
and there was a clock and well there's like a stein i got as well um yeah there's a lot of cool stuff i got for uh being an elite band member band of the fighting irish but yeah the, it was very cool we we learned a different halftime show for every single game our halftime shows were usually three songs uh, we would do a pregame performance. So before the team ran out into the field, we would do uh, a thing with the marching band. So we, we'd come out and play all the school songs. We'd play God Bless America, or not God Bless America, uh, America the Beautiful, while we raised the flag in the stadium. And then we would play the national anthem. Most games, we'd have like a flyover. So I'd be like playing the end of the national anthem. It's just a giant jet flying over the stadium and me and stuff. It was super cool. Uh, in general, just awesome being on the field. That's kind of the big thing is both the halftime performance and the pregame stuff was we were on the football field and it's cool. Like in college, it's not like, Oh, the band's coming out. Let's go do whatever. Obviously people would get up and get snacks and stuff, use the bathroom during halftime, but a lot of people would stay and watch us. And it, it, it definitely felt like a whole stadium amount of people watching us. It was definitely like the craziest experience ever, especially like the big night games, halftime show where like the stadium's filled and rocking and we, you know, we'd perform songs that everyone knew and people would sing along with us. Uh, I still think the best halftime show ever was my freshman year and we were playing against Georgia. Georgia was visiting us. Georgia ended up winning that game, which is very sad. Uh, very tough. That was like the second game I ever went to. It was tough, uh, <laughs> tough outing there for one of my first games ever to see us lose a big matchup. But our halftime show was Paradise City by Guns N' Roses, classic. Then we played Wagon Wheel, and our drill for that show was we made a giant like horse-drawn carriage and we moved it across the field with like the wheels of the wagon uh, moving and the horse's like legs moving. And the crowd went ab ballistic, like crazy. And it was like I couldn't hear myself play because of how loud everyone was cheering for the wagon moving across the field. And then we played Living on a Prayer. Bon Jovi was like literally in the audience because his son went to Notre Dame. So... Everyone went crazy for that. And same thing for that show. I straight up like could not hear myself playing because every all like 80,000 people in that stadium were singing Living on a Prayer while we were playing it. It was absolutely insane. And it was it was nighttime. It was like a night game. So the bright lights, the, the lights of the stadium were on. We're on, on the field on halftime. I'm in uniform. And it's just like the most insane experience ever. And I definitely will never, ever forget those moments on that halftime field. And it, it sucks. It ended up being uh, my senior year when COVID was a thing. So my senior season, we didn't do any halftime shows. So I really only got three years of real marching band in uh, college, uh, which which sucked. I think it sucked the most for my year, if I'm being honest, because I lost out on pretty much every tradition of the seniors. Uh, like the, the last, the senior game of the year, the seniors and the band will get to come forward and all lock arms and play all the alma maters and stuff. And I just, we, we did that like at a practice behind the scenes, but it, it sucks. I didn't really get to have that moment my senior year, but nevertheless, uh, still an awesome four years. I can't, you know, those are the memories that'll never leave me. And the talking about this stuff is stuff. I don't have to sit and talk about a podcast. I legit will never forget the feeling of those halftime shows. And even like I had mentioned this before to the, the basketball band stuff that I did and the hockey band that I did for a couple years and getting to go to the NCAA tournaments with our women's basketball team. And Notre Dame's hockey was in the Frozen Four my freshman year. I wasn't a senior enough member of the band to go on that trip, but stuff like that, just super, super cool. And there was one time I was supposed to be on the Today Show with the marching band, but 
they scrapped our plans. That's a story I think I've told a couple of times in the podcast already. I was I had to get on a bus to go to New York a day early, but then it snowed, so we were stuck on the side of the road in Pennsylvania overnight, and it, it was terrible, and yada, yada, yada. But anyways, altogether great time in Notre Dame. And I did actually want to play a snippet from the March Man. I was trying to find a good halftime show to play a piece from, but NBC posts clips from our halftime show because NBC owns like the rights to everything Notre Dame. But their audio is always absolutely terrible. Don't don't watch the Notre Dame halftime shows on YouTube and think that that's actually what like we sounded like and stuff. They, they always have like two microphones in different spots and they like don't account for the echo of a stadium. So it always just sounds bad. And they do the best job of like zooming in on like the people who suck. And so it always just looks like we're terrible. But <laughs> I did find a clip on YouTube of us. So after a game, we always play the alma mater and we play uh the notre dame victory march and we only play our victory clog if we uh win the game so this is from a game that we won but we played that before we played these other things so how i'm doing a terrible job of explaining this but essentially after the game's done the whole football team comes over next to the band and locks arms and we sing the alma mater or the band plays it but the the football team and all everyone in the stadium sings the alma mater with the band so the audio of this is like right in front of the band so you can't really hear everyone singing it but this was always so special to me the alma mater is my favorite notre dame song of all time it's so like i actually like cried my senior year when we uh, like saying this for the last time as a class and stuff like that. So after the game, the football team comes over, we sing, we play the alma mater every single game, and then we play the victory march. And so when we start playing the victory march, the football team always goes crazy and stuff. Once again, you can't really hear that because the, the audio is right in front of the the band here. But you can, if you listen really closely, you can hear people singing along to both songs and kind of the football team in celebration. I think that this clip, if I remember where I grabbed it, it was from after we beat USC uh, my sophomore year of college. So uh, very, very big game, very emotional game. And uh, it was great to get the win and then also great to play these songs uh, at the end of the game. So uh, I just kind of want to give you a taste of what the Notre Dame band sounded like, like as a whole playing a song. And then this song specifically, because this one is means the most to me. And then also followed by the Victory March, which you can't go wrong with the Notre Dame Victory March. So here we go. Let's uh, play a little snippet here.
yeah, the crowd goes crazy. So those are some of the best memories ever was my time at Notre Dame in general, but also especially with the marching band. So stuff I'll never, ever forget. I can't, can't stress that enough. So there's plenty, plenty, plenty to talk about specifically pertaining to the marching band at Notre Dame, all the traditions, what practices were like, all that kind of stuff. And I actually do really want to talk about that, but the more I think about that, the more I think it would be fun to kind of talk about that kind of stuff, either in its own episode or actually just kind of discuss it with one of my friends from marching band. So I think that that kind of stuff would be more entertaining to tell, like tell stories with each other. It's enough for me to sit and talk about me and yada, yada, yada. So I think inevitably in the show, when I, I do a show with my friend John or Shannon, who I'd love to do you know, an episode with of the show. Shout out both of them. Uh, I think we can definitely have better conversations about Band at Notre Dame and what that was like and stuff like that. So, but anyways, that's that's kind of it. That's my whole journey with band, kind of in general. Uh, I think the one piece we missed is I never really talked about concert band uh, at any level. This was kind of all just about March Band specifically, but obviously I, I started doing band in sixth grade. I talked about that a little bit in my last episode, but uh I continued doing band in high school. I went to a private high school and our band program was absolutely terrible. And because I was doing all this other marching band stuff and even the professional marching band stuff I did, it kind of got to the point where I didn't feel like I was learning anything in my high school marching band program. And there was other high school classes I wanted to take to get into a better college. So I actually didn't do band in high school my senior year, which is, it it was weird, definitely. But uh, I'm I'm still a band pro. I'm still the, the biggest band nerd you'll ever see probably not that's definitely not true but yeah i did concert band for most of my time at notre dame as well it was really weird during covid we still had concert band but we like played with masks on we had special masks that like had a hole in them it was so weird but uh yeah that's kind of that's everything that's here we are i'm a 10-time state champion once again now you know the secret four of them were no one competed against me for but uh we still won uh (laughs) best in state so uh that's that's the complete kind of picture at a high level of all my years of marching band so if you made it this far i i genuinely i'm sitting here recording i don't think a single person will sit down and listen to both the last episode and this episode other than maybe like my mom and like my besties who already know all of this stuff so if you sat and listened to it you're you're a real one i i do genuinely appreciate you listening to me ramble on about uh my marching band and the shows and stuff like that. So, and and the winter drum line and horn line and all that other stuff. So can you hear that train in the background, by the way, very inconsiderate for this train to be rolling up as I finish this show, but I guess maybe a little appropriate for a Jacques talks episode is the train in the back. I don't know. You can be the judge of that. Anyways, that's all I had today. I think our next episode will either be right before my birthday or right after. So we'll either have my typical birthday episode or We'll do a little recap of all the stuff that goes on on my birthday, all the stuff that I've been up to, maybe get a little more stories in there that I kind of wanted to to discuss today, but I didn't want to distract too much from concluding all the the band talk. So uh, anyways, thanks again for listening. Uh, We'll we'll see you in the next one and uh, have a good have a good week, maybe multiple weeks. Don't know when we'll talk next, but keep it real. Love you so much. Peace out.